If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holler. All right, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. And I will say that we saw a large picture of this there on the streets of New York City. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him, have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Everybody say, the truth is in Jesus. All right, so anytime that we give people Jesus, we give people the truth, right? That will never change. That will always be the fact, the truth. He is the truth. As a matter of fact, that's what he said about himself. I am the truth. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. So Paul sums it up and says, listen, it's all in him. The truth is found in him, all right? So wherever you're funky, wherever you're off, you got to get over on Jesus, all right? And that truth will set you free. That truth will, will help uh, help the, the light come into where it's dark, hallelujah, and, uh, and cause you to live in a revelation of truth. But now we see here in verse, Paul now gets practical. He tells us what the condition of the lost is, right? What the, they're in darkness, they're blind, they're ignorant, and, and their hearts are bound up in foolishness. But what he says is, the problem is they haven't been taught by Jesus. The problem is they haven't heard Jesus. The problem is they don't know about the truth that is in Jesus, all right? But he said, but you have, right? So you don't have the right to walk as they walk anymore. You have a different life. You're not who you used to be, praise God. Now in Christ, the truth came to your life, and now you see things as they really are, right? But you have not so learned Christ. So now look at verse 22, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt, that's not your dad, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, all right? So it grows corrupt according to deceitful lust. That means that, that the things that they think they need are what they go after. Those are deceitful lusts, right? The drugs, the alcohol, the, rela- the, the sexual relationship outside of marriage, all those kinds of things, those are things that they're deceitful. They seem right at the moment, but how many of you know they, they turn out not good? Right? They only bring pain. They only bring misery. They only magnify the problem. Right? So you put off concerning your form, the old man which grows corrupt. Now we know that the old man is the sin nature that we once had. But Paul in Genesis, or Galatians, forgive me, chapter 2 and verse 20 says, For I have been crucified, where? With Christ. Right? I'm not being crucified. I am crucified. With Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Paul helped us see something that it's not about a daily crucifying. It's about a why I was crucified. And so now I live my life from that reality. All right? When Paul said, I die daily, Christians take that... Take that, and they make themselves daily martyrs. I die daily. I got to die to the flesh daily. That's not what Paul was saying. Paul was actually, t- Paul was actually talking about his body. Yeah. 
his physical body, all right? He had died several times, actually. If you remember when he gives his whole list of the problems that he had had, the struggles that he had faced, the tribulations, right, the shipwrecks, the beatings, and in that one phrase, he says, in deaths often. Deaths? I thought we died once. The Apostle Paul apparently died quite a bit, but just didn't stay dead. Kept coming back, right? Because he, hadn't, because he had to fulfill that mission. But it, that old man was crucified with Christ. Now, once that old man has been crucified, once you identify with the death of Christ, then you have to bury that old man, right? And that's what water baptism is about. You bury that old nature. You put him under the water and you rise in the likeness of Christ to a new life. Hallelujah to that resurrected life. So now you, you have done a physical, a physical thing here. It's really powerful. And there's a spiritual truth that has happened, that when you go under that water, Wonderful things are happening actually in that. One being that the curse of the flood is being, is being reconciled. Because when men went underwater during the flood, they stayed dead. But praise God, by water baptism, hallelujah, men go underwater, the old man is dead, and they rise out of that water free and in newness of life. Hallelujah. And the resurrection power. So what Paul is helping them remember is that you put off concerning your former color. Everybody say remove. So you got to remove it. You got to, it's like, it sounds, he says that you just put it off, right? That you put it off. What, by, what, go, by being water baptized, that's, that's how you really do it. That's the actual putting off. But then there's a daily kind of thing that has to, has to happen too, right? Because we walk by faith, yeah. right? And, it, and we live our lives one day at a time. Yeah. That you put it off your former conduct, that you have to remember here what you've done. You have to remember what Christ has done and what you did as well in the process of following him. That you remove yourself from these things. You have already done it, but you have to continue to do it. <laughs> See, in the spirit, it's done. But in the flesh, you have to continue to do it. You have to remove it. You have to stay away from it. Now, let's go on to the next verse. Verse 23, 423. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. There's, how, there's the power to this walk right here. Everybody say repent. So we first have to remove, then we have to repent. That's what that means. To be renewed in the spirit of your mind is to change the way that you think, right? We all know how powerful our thoughts are. We all know how that happens, that you watch your thoughts, right? They become words. Watch your words. They become actions. Watch your actions. It becomes your character, right? So you have to start there with that thought. That, that, that's why we have to cast down those imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What that tells us, ladies and gentlemen, when it says bring every thought captive, that means that you can overcome any kind of mindset that keeps you from living the kind of life that God has called you to live. You can overcome every thought. You can take every thought captive because God has given you the ability to choose. Amen. Amen. So repent. Change the way you think, right? And that's a daily life. We have to every day remind ourselves. We have to every day get our, our eyes in front of the Word of God, open our, our mouths and speak the Word of God and get our thoughts reined in to the right thing. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Repent. Look at verse 24. And then... And that you put on, so we put off, we renew, be renewed in the spirit of our mind. Now we put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Now here is where you receive. You receive 
what God has said about you. You receive this robe of righteousness. Hallelujah. You receive the truth of the Word of God and let it penetrate your heart. I was sitting with a, a girl. Well, I'd say a girl. She was a young lady. She didn't look real young, but she was a young lady. There in East Harlem. Her name was Jennifer. And Jennifer asked me to come over and sit because her and um, who was talking to her? I want to say it was either Mickey, little Mickey Tsutsumi, her little Japanese doll. And she said, Pastor Eric, you got to come over and talk to this girl. So I pulled up. We, were, we brought these tables and chairs out there, but we also brought five-gallon buckets that if we ran out of chairs, you could sit on buckets. So I had a bucket there, and I flipped the bucket upside down, sat down with her, and this is Jennifer. And Jennifer is an evangelist. And Jennifer said, I'm the evangelist around here. I tell everybody about Jesus. I said, oh, you do? And she said, yeah. And she said, uh, she said tell me the, most, the, the, the biggest miracle that you've ever seen. I was like, wow, all right, I'll be happy to. So I talked to her about, uh, well, or one of the greatest things you've ever seen. You knew that it was a miracle. And so I told her about the time, I've talked to you guys about this, about the time I laid my hands on that girl's uh, tummy in the hospital because the baby was breech. Remember that? And felt the baby move and the baby flipped and then she had, she had the baby naturally, didn't have to have C-section. I mean, that was a, I was like, wow, that was incredible. And so I told her about that. She's like, that's awesome. And she gets this Bible out of her backpack and she starts opening this Bible up. I mean, this thing, she has written all in the margins of this Bible. It's highlighted. She starts quoting scriptures to me. I'm like, man, how does this girl know the word so much and live in, in this kind of condition? What's the problem here? And as we talked, I mean, we just had a wonderful conversation. And she's, she's got this water bottle, and I thought it was lemonade. It was lemonade. It was special lemonade. <laughs> so she's, you know, she's like, ah, I know. She goes, I'm an evangelist, and I'm here telling you about all these things, but here I am smoking and drinking this stuff. And I fornicated last night, and I probably will again tomorrow. And uh, Probably getting a fight here in a little bit. This is what she's saying about herself. And she says, uh, you know, I'm just rotten. I went, there's the problem. There's the problem. It's not that she doesn't love God. It's not that she doesn't know the word of God. She doesn't know who she is. That's the problem. And I said, hang on a second, sweetheart. You believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins? Yes, I do. I tell everybody about it. And you believe that he was buried in a tomb and he rose again from the dead? Yes, I believe that. I said, then you're not rotten anymore. I said, do me a favor. I want you to take a big drag of that cigarette right now. She's, <laughs> okay. So she, and I said, blow it out. She blew it out and I said, now say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. She said, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I said, Take another smoke. So she does. I said, now I want you to say, I am holy and I am blameless before God. She said, uh, I am holy and blameless, but I can't, but I'm doing, I just, just do what I'm telling you to do. So she did it. I said, you've got to understand, sweetheart, your righteousness is not defined by what you're doing and not doing. Your righteousness is defined yeah. by the son of the living God 
whose the only way that you could be saved was by that precious blood. And your faith in him is what has made you righteous. Now, let me tell you something right now. You've got to start talking different about yourself. If you think that this is the problem, you're wrong. Your mouth is your problem. You've got to start saying what God has said. This stuff right here will no longer be a problem in your life. If you continue to see yourself as rotten, then that's the only potential that you allow your life to live up to. But when you begin to say what God has said, this stuff will go away. And I'm telling you, we had a, just a wonderful experience. I just made her just confess the word of God over life to just say what God has said. Anyway, it was just powerful to see the transformation on her face. She had never said that about herself before. I mean, she was happy to share the good news of Jesus with everybody else. She was happy. And then, the, and then to live in the conditions that she was because she only saw herself defined by her actions. Ladies and gentlemen, this here says to put on, to receive what God has done in your life. Because when you receive what God has done in your life, old things truly can be passed away and all things can really be new. That reality can be strong in your life. It can be in your daily living. Hallelujah. I have a feeling if this girl will do what I told her to do, that she's going to step out of that junk. Because the passion in her life for the Word of God and for the things of God was amazing. Hmm? But it's more than that. You have to believe it's true for you. Amen. The Bible says that that tongue is what's leading our life in the direction it's going. So I just told her about that. I said, you know the life. And I made her put her hand up here like this. I said, see, the death and life are in the hand of the tongue. So what you're attaching your life to, sweetheart, what you're talking about is what you're attaching your life to. All right? So say what God has said. Attach your life to that bigger thing so you give yourself the help to live it. Right? See, that's why it's important that we preach the gospel anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, that we preach the gospel anyway. People say, let us preach the gospel and use words if we have to. No, the gospel is words. The gospel of Christ is words. If you don't ever declare it, then you can't ever live it. If you're waiting for yourself to get your life right before you can be a strong witness out there, you've got the whole thing backwards. You'll never, ever be a witness. You just have to declare it so that you let your life live it. Mm-mm. Amen? Who cares what they think? All right. Are we okay? Verse 25. Therefore, so... Remove, repent, receive. I got a bunch of R's for you tonight. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Everybody say respect. 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 You show great respect by being truthful with one another. Yes. Amen. We love one another by telling each other the truth. Yes. Hallelujah. This is what we're, the church is here for. We're here to bear one another's burdens. So this is, this is a safe place. This is a place where you can come and not have to lie about your life. But can, you, can, you can come to your brothers and sisters and say, listen, I need some help. Right? And if you need help, get some help. Get some brothers and sisters that agree with you in prayer. And let's be truthful with one another so that healing can have its maximum flow. Amen. Can we do that together? Don't lie to one another. 
right? Life falling apart. And I understand keeping your confession up. But listen, we got to also confess our faults to one another, the Bible says, so that we may be healed, right? Amen. 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 Continue to confess what the Word of God says and continue to be honest about where you are. So that you remember what Jesus was always talking to the disciples about? Hey, where was your faith? You had no faith. You had no faith. What's wrong with you? Oh, you have little faith. Right? People get all upset. I can't believe you said I didn't didn't have enough faith. Well, what do you want him to do? Lie to you? You want to believe that you have all faith, that you can remove all mountains? Or can you be honest where you are? Right? Hallelujah. Just be honest where you are. Say, this is where I am. Lord, increase my faith. Increase my faith. Amen. Okay. Respect. For one another, therefore, putting away lying. Especially, you know, the scripture says, do good to those, especially uh, Ephesians 6. We'll look at that later. No, Galatians 6. We won't look at it later. Do do good to those, especially to those who are of the household of faith. The people you should be most honest with are your brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Be angry, verse 26, and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to to the devil. Everybody say revolt. All right? That revolt. I love that word. It means to take up arms. Revolt. That is, you are angry at the right kind of thing. Yeah. Right? As a matter of fact, I kind of got in a little bit of an argument with a guy on the streets about anger. He said, anger is a bad thing. I said, no, anger is not a bad thing. Anger is a God-given thing. You just got to be angry about the right kind of things. He's like, no, I don't believe that. I said, let me ask you this. I said, Do you, are you grateful to be American? He said, oh, man, this is the greatest country in the world. I said, you know why we are a country? Because some guys got angry. Yeah. Some guys got angry about taxation without representation, and we're not going to take the tyranny of the King George anymore. So they got angry, and they took up arms. And you are where you are today because some guys got angry. Yeah. He's like, oh, I said, so God gives us this anger, but you got to use it the right way. What does he say? Don't let the sun go down your wrath, nor give place to the devil. That is, get angry at the devil and stay angry at the devil. Don't ever let the sun go down on you being angry. Stay angry at him. Hallelujah. Just like Joshua said, sun, stand still. Nope, no, I'm not losing this battle today. All of my enemies are going to be destroyed. I'm not letting the sun go down on my wrath. You don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You stay angry. Revolt. Remember who your real enemy is. It's not that coworker. It's not that boss. It's not your spouse. It's not your neighbor. It's the devil. For we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. All right? So we understand who our real enemy is, is the devil himself. There really is a devil. Did y'all know that? He really does exist. He really is out there, and he's out there trying to destroy, and he's doing his dead-level best to take as many people to that eternity of godless hell with him. All right? So we got to be angry and stay angry. That is that you, when you do that, then you'll see, the law, you see people around you in a different way. Oh, oh, man. These are all possible victims, possible prey of the devil. How can I help them? How can I help them? What's one way that I can put a huge pop knot on the devil's head today? I don't want to go to bed today without wreaking some kind of havoc on the kingdom of darkness. 
Where can I, how can I unleash this righteous anger today? Revolt. Let him who steal, steal no longer. Stole, steal no longer. But rather, let him labor, working with his hands, what is good. Why? That he may have something to give him who has need. Do you know that you have your job for a reason? Paul says it right here. So that you can help others who are in need. Everybody say, relieve. You're there to bring relief. You're there to help those who are down. How can you do that if you're only living your life for yourself? If you're only wanting that paycheck to apply to you and yours. And that's good. You should do that. But that can't be everything. Don't forget that the labor of your hands, those hands were created by God. Don't forget that your ability to get in your car and go to work was given to you by God, right? And to, and to, to, to do what you do, to be able to labor your hands and to pass by the one who has need is unrighteous. It's just not right. So we bring relief to those. That's why I love the name of that ministry there in New York, Relief Bus. It's so cool, the Relief Bus. We're here to bring some relief, right? Giving you a cup of soup and letting you know that God loves you. How wonderful is that? How simple is that? And see, God will use you in those, the simplest ways. Evangelism and telling people about Christ and being a witness is not complicated. You just got to get in the flow of God, right? Just say, God, I'm yours today. Everything, every good thing in my life has come from you. I know that when I go into this job that you've got me on a mission. Hallelujah. You know, we were sitting in Hillsong Church in New York City, which is a very cool experience. That was, they have, I was amazed, they have seven services, all right? This pastor, Carl Lentz, has, he preaches seven times on a Sunday. And I was already thinking, oh, man, I got to drive down to Dallas and do a third service. Well, I felt like a wimp thinking like that after watching this guy do what he done. I'm like, man, bring it on. Let's go. Let's do it. Where we were at the Gramercy Theater, they have four of the services. And then they have, I don't remember the other location, but they have three services there. So he does a 10 o'clock. Then he goes to this other place, does an 11 o'clock, back here at noon, back here at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Just like that. And I, but I, but the, I mean, they just packed the place out. It was, and, and man, this guy got up and preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was powerful, just awesome. Talking about a move of God that was happening there in their church and how New York was beginning to change. Hallelujah. And, and, and they were having an eight o'clock service that night for anybody who wanted to be filled with the Spirit. And one of the girls that works at the relief bus as a volunteer at one of their services, and she told me, I asked her, because she, she went that night, she said hundreds of people got filled with the Spirit that night and were speaking in other tongues. It was just an awesome thing to, to I mean, it was just cool just to see what God is doing there in that pagan city. <laughs> it's amazing to see what a move of God is happening. There's tremors going on. It's really wonderful. But something he said that really, uh, me and Brandon talked about this, and he said, he said, people ask me uh, about our outreaches that we have. What outreaches do you have? What, kind of, what, what, what ministries do you have? How many ministries? That's what it is. How many ministries do you have? He said, about 5,000. That person is a ministry. 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 We have 5,000 outreaches in our church. They're called the people of God that are equipped with the gospel of Christ to go out into this world and change this world. Boy, that just blessed me. I was like, okay, yeah, that's good. All right. To relieve. 
when all of us are doing our part, there is great relief in the land. No longer you live your life for yourself. Your life is not your own. Let's look at verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Refrain. Refrain. You really don't have to say it just because you think it. Matter of fact, I've given you this before, but it's good to jot it down again. We're going to do a little acronym of the word think. All right? Think before you speak. All right? Go through this little five-step process. T, is it true? H, is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? And K, is it kind? And if it does not meet the criteria of this list, Hmm? Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? Let no corrupt word proceed out of your I can't help it. I just say what's on my mind. Well, the Bible says don't do that. So you can help it. Let no. The key word there is Let. You allow it or you don't. You don't have to open that mouth. Amen. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification that it may impart. Here we go. There's a reason why we open our mouths. That it may impart. There's a good reason. That it may impart grace to the hearers. Refrain so that you can reveal. So that you can reveal the heart of God. So that you can reveal the ministry of God. So that you can reveal the word of God. Hallelujah. So that you can reveal the name of Jesus. Because the truth is the world is not reading the Bible. They're reading the people that are reading the Bible. Amen. Verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You know, I looked over this, and I sat on this one for a while. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And I think it's interesting that that verse follows what's coming out of our mouth. That when we just say anything we want, does that grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, I know I've said things that I wish I hadn't said. I know I've said things that have grieved Others, my wife, others. I know I've said things that have grieved myself. You know, when it, you know on the inside, you feel it in the pit of your stomach. When you say something, you go, oh, man, I know better than that. I know I shouldn't have said that. Right? Not grieve the Spirit of God. But also think, too, that he gets grieved when he lives in us and wants to live through us, yet we don't respond. When he speaks, respond. Respond to the Spirit of God. Don't wait for it to make sense before you respond. Don't wait to get all the money together before you respond. Huh? Don't forget, don't, don't wait to have all your ducks in a row before you respond. See, God wants you to take him by the hand and say, I'll go. 
I love the scripture where Abraham, several times, and I believe it's along verse 22, 21 and 22, about the time God tells him to take Isaac up to that mountain. And he says, Abraham, and what's Abraham? How does he respond? Here I am. Here I am. And again, Abraham, here I am. I'm here. Isaiah cried out like this. He said, uh, uh, God said, who will go before us? And Isaiah said, here am I. Send me. Every time the Spirit of God speaks, respond by saying, here I am. What do you need me to do today, sir? I'm here. Live through me. You're in me. Live through me. Who do you want me to talk to? I'll go where I need to. I'll do whatever I have to. Here I am. You can use me. You can trust me. I'm here to respond to you. Yeah. I'm not going to uh, argue with you. I'm not going to ignore you. I'm going to respond. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. By whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let's continue. We're almost done. Verse 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking. He kind of gives a synopsis of all the things we just talked about. Be put away from you with all malice. Everybody say reject. Reject it. Reject this stuff. Don't allow bitterness to set into your heart. Just you choose to forgive immediately. Reject the notion to, to be angry. Reject the notion to, 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 to lash out. Reject the notion to, to just say whatever you want to say. Just reject it. All right? Put it away from you. Live your life only fully accepting God's truth. And verse 32. Well, let me say this. <laughs> when I was a kid, we, when we had lived out in West Texas for a while, we went to Oklahoma to visit my grandparents one time. Anybody know what castor beans are? Anybody here know what they are? They're poisonous. They're very poisonous. Uh, deadly poisonous. Well, Grandma had them. I don't know why in the world she had them in a dish in her kitchen. And I don't know, there was something she was going to do with them. I don't know. It's probably some homo, homeopathic, not homo, homeopathic. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. So dad thought that they were some kind of bean or something. So he just grabs a handful, puts them in his mouth, and my grandma's like, what did you just do? He's like, What? She said, those are castor beans. And he said, what? She goes, John, those, those could kill you, right? Well, thanks for telling me that now. And why would you have them in a dish sitting on your counter like a, they're hors d'oeuvres for people to come by and eat? <laughs> so she said, oh, you got to throw up. You got to throw up. So he goes, I'll never forget. He was, <laughs> he was out in the backyard jamming his finger down his throat. You know, drive. And finally, she made him like some mustard and milk, mixed it up, you know. So he started drinking that. And man, here in a little bit, yeah, he rejected the beans, right? <laughs> see, see this stuff, a stuff that you will not, absolutely cannot allow in your life. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. As soon as that thought comes in, get rid of it. Reject it. Nope, you're not accepted yet. Not, nope, that's not me, right? As soon as you cross that TV station, right? Flipping the channel, you see something there that's enticing, that's it. No, I reject it. 
All right? Just those little things. Just keep yourself in that continual rejecting mode of what is of what is not of God. All right, let's finish this. And to be kind to one another, and be kind and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, forgave you, return. What has been given to you, return to others. All right? This is how we show Jesus in the earth that we be him in the earth. We are him in the earth. We are his hands. We are his feet. We are his body. We are his, his mouthpiece here. So return to others what God has done for you. Oh, my gosh. For eternity, ladies and gentlemen, we will never get over what Jesus has done for us. That means for eternity, forever. As long as you're here on this earth, you return what he's done for you. All right? You don't get a day off from being a Christian. Hmm? Because it's no longer you who live, but Christ lives in you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Has this blessed you tonight? Remove, repent, receive, respect, revolt, relieve, refrain, reveal, respond, reject, and return. Let's stand together. Father, thank you so much for this time in your glorious presence. God, it's so good to be home with my family. Lord, thank you for One Cause Church. Thank you for the spirit that's in this church, God, the spirit of these people, God, this this love and this grace and this acceptance that's here, God. We thank you, Father God, that you save lives here, God. Thank you, God, that you renew hope again here in this house, God, that this is a refuge, God. This is a place where people can come and be healed, that they can come and be transformed and be delivered and be set free, be reconciled and restored. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This is a place where people can come and be trained up in the ways of God, Lord, to hear the word of God, to get equipped, God, for their mission, hallelujah, for, the, for their life of ministry, Father God. I think that, that we have a whole room full of ministries here today. And God, as they go out of this place tonight, they'll go with, armed with the living word of God, Lord, with their mar- mouths ready to declare that Jesus Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again. And whoever believes on him will receive everlasting life. All hope, all truth is found in the person of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for blessing your people as they go from here tonight, God. I thank you that they have peaceful sleep tonight, that they have rest and strength in their bodies, that their minds are renewed and transformed by the power of the word of the living God. Thank you, God, that all of their children shall be taught of the Lord. Great shall be their peace. Thank you for strong, happy, loving marriages, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for blessings on their jaws, promotions, God, increasing your people, God. Hallelujah. We are blessed, and we will be a blessing. And if God is able, hallelujah, we are able, and we say all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for locations and events. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church.